We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome to What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I'm your host, and I am here as your guide to go on this adventure, this journey of the soul, to learn more about what brings more love and joy and humor and laughter, uh, what we like to call soul food around here, to everyday life. Um, in choosing who our very first guest would be, I decided to bring my favorite person in the entire world on this show as our very first honored guest. <laughs> it's my wife, Amanda Robbins. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> now, just to give you a little setting, we're sitting on our balcony right now in Miami Beach overviewing the beautiful ocean downtown. There's a nice cloud scattering throughout the sky here. It's gorgeous out. Nice 80, 90 degrees out. And uh, to get started, Miss Amanda, I'd love to know, what do you feel the world needs more of? That is such a great question, Jarek. <laughs> uh, I just want to first say it's an honor and a privilege to be your first guest on the show. Hey, we're excited to have you. <laughs> All right, so what does the world need more of? I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of days, and there's so many things that come to mind, but... I think one thing that the world could use more of that would be universal and really helping people live happier, healthier, more fulfilling lives would be, I can't decide, there's so many things. Um, oh gosh, I would say a couple things. I would say financial literacy mm. and really great, delicious, super health healthy Food. I love that. Financial literacy and super healthy foods. Yeah, I think if we could teach people how money works, then we could avoid a lot of problems. And I think that to be more, to get out of the, the rat uh, race or whatever they call it, um, that would be really helpful for a lot of people. I don't think we do that enough. We give you know kids credit cards when they're 18 and they don't even know how to balance a checkbook because we don't do checkbooks anymore. So what are they doing? And then health is um, near and dear to both of our hearts. And I think that there's so much like food propaganda out there that really is misleading to a lot of people and what's healthy and what's not and what's best for their body and what's not. And I think that health is really wealth. So if we could start with great, great health, then we're off to a really great start. And then from there give them the wealth tools the how to how to become financially free um then man how cool would that be 
That'd be pretty Longevity, amazing. more life, and more love in your life. That's pretty cool. Okay, next question. I love it. And so in order to get to know more about you and how you're helping these things get into the world, I'd love to know what's your wow factor and what are a couple moments in life that help shape it? Okay, so my wow factor, I think, would be the ability to make people shine, Mm. to shine light on people, to make them... um, is the word I'm looking for to really I think to really like to make them light up I would say and I think that that comes from when my mom was when I was really young and of course that means my mom was younger too um she struggled severely with depression and to a point where she tried to take her life a couple times and I realized how crappy (laughs) It was, um, I'm laughing now because otherwise I'll just start crying when I tell the story. So I won't tell the whole story, but, um, luckily I, uh, was able to very vividly see how, um, sadness can really, uh, like take you down a very dark, dark path. And so, um, there was, I became obsessed with, you know, happiness and bringing sunshine, if you will, to people's worlds. And, so I think that one of my wow factors is really being able to light people up and let them shine and make them feel awesome. I really find a lot of joy in doing that. So I think it's a really beautiful reciprocity kind of thing we got going on where I get to light people up and then I get I feel awesome about it too. So that I think that would be my wow factor. What do you think? That's definitely one of your wow factors, the ability to brighten people's day and, and help them spotlight the things that really illuminate more love in their life more joy in their life more happiness in their life it's definitely one of your wow factors i also would say to one thing i I really enjoy doing is like when people don't believe in themselves like helping them believe in themselves too Mm -hmm. so i know you just want one wow factor okay we'll move on but what (laughs) other moments help shape it so going through that with your mama and helping bring more light into her world at that time was obviously a key that helped build that what other moments helped build that wow factor for you? I think that that is probably paramount um, because when someone doesn't believe in themselves or what they're capable of, I'm like getting choked up. I don't like this. <laughs> um, I think that I just really love that. First of all, when someone is happy, like, that's such a contagious feeling. And when they're really lit up, it's such a contagious feeling. It's so like, if there's something we can spread in the world, it would be really cool to spread happiness, right? So mm-hmm. I would say the ability to, like, to see her so, you know, down and out and at, like, really the lowest point ever, um, I really took it upon myself as, like, the oldest to set a precedent or um, example for, ugh, pull it together. Um to set an example of what is like that there's so much in life to look forward to to be grateful for to be excited about to like that you're capable of I think that combined with like growing up in like you know poverty uh I would say seeing looking outside of like the home we were raised in which was full of love but definitely not money um seeing like my friends that 
had a lot more than I had or that we had it as a family and realizing like, wait, if that's possible for, possible for them, it's possible for us. Like there's no one out here that says we can't have those things too or, you know, whatever it is you want, like whether it's more school clothes or more, you know, bigger house or a better car or whatever, or just like family vacations. We never took a family vacation with my immediate family. We took one and it's the only one we ever talk about. And that was before I even had like two other siblings. There was just two, there was just, I think four of us at the time. We're now a family of six. So like family vacations were never, like it wasn't a thing. Like just to have those opportunities and, you know, awesome privileges was something that I really like to believe in. I I had to believe in it myself that it was possible. And then with that, you know, again, it's contagious. If someone believes in themselves and they're helping other believe, believes in themselves, it all goes around. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Next question. Kind of babbling on about that one. (laughs) question. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? Oh man. Incredibly humble would be, I felt most humble probably when I was living in Southeast Asia and there's probably like there's um, a couple major events that like when I was volunteering at an orphanage and teaching them English and like just being in that environment where you know thought you didn't have much growing up in the states i can tell you like these kids had a lot lot less um so that was a very humbling moment um definitely you know visiting cambodia and you know kids on the streets um and then finally one moment when i was in bali this was pretty cool so we went on a diving trip and after the diving trip our driver we went scuba diving. So our driver was invited us over to dinner. And at the time, I was vegetarian. And I had a potbelly pig back in Michigan living at my parents' house. And um, so the driver invited us back to his place for dinner. He wanted us to be the guest. And this is a big, big, big thing. Like, you're the guest of honor. And so he picks us up on his moped, not in the van. We thought maybe he'd come with the van. He comes with the moped, as they do in Southeast Asia. And it's not just him, because as they do in Southeast Asia, it's the whole family. So there's, like, two other kids on the moped, plus me and a friend. And I think there was a total of, like, four or five people on a moped. We scoot into his village in Bali. He's, like, not within, you know, it's a, it's like a... What, what is it like it's not like a brick house it's like a made out of what like clay and sticks basically it's like really simple basic means and there's not you know carpet or flooring it's like on the dirt and maybe just cement um that they live on with some blankets and so we should pull up not expecting this by any means um but we're immediately humbled and so we go up and the whole family's sitting around and uh, just so beaming from, you know, cheek to cheek with the biggest smiles. Like, so they were, like, grateful and humbled that we were there for dinner. And it was so incredible. So before dinner is served, we go around. And within this village, they share, like, back in the day, people would just trade. They didn't trade with money. They traded with, you know, um, other, their currency then was, like, trade. It was, you know, livestock or harvest uh you know fruits or vegetables or whatever trade they did and so at this in this village they um 
they had livestock. So they, and I, it was like a field day for me. And I'm like, if I could do any trade, well, it would either be vegetables. I don't think I would do animals because they're going to eat them. And I know that. So I take that back. So we walk through and there's like pigs and one that um, the first one I see immediately looks like my pig back home. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what a cute piggly wiggly. So we keep walking around. There's adorable animals everywhere. And their most prized possession is this cow. And their cow is pregnant, which is like, that's like getting a huge, huge bonus or promotion at work. Like your cow is having babies, like jackpot. That's awesome. So I'm super stoked for them, you know, to each their own. That's cool. They ate meat. So we come back and such a beautiful tour of their place. And, um, we sit down and again, they're not eating with us. They're like sitting on the ground. They have us up. Like it's so awkward, but it's also just like very humbling to be like such an honored guest, I guess. And then, so what happened was they went back to, um, they went to make, they went to bring the food out to us and they bring the food out to us. And the first dish, I'm like, Oh, what's this? You know, and it's broken English. And they say, Oh, it's pig. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't eat meat. And I definitely don't eat pig. It's like my favorite animal. And so they bring out another plate and it's pig and another plate and another plate and it's all pig. So basically they've taken a pig and they've made a bunch of different dishes out of it. So I felt very humbled in that moment because one, they're far more resourceful than I think we are here in the States. Uh, They didn't let any of that piglet go to waste. And two... Um, I think in that moment I had this beautiful, you know, like real eye-opening experience to like what a privilege it was for me. It's not for religious reasons that I'm vegetarian, but um, just that I was able to, what a privilege to be able to choose what I eat. And again, this is coming from like being raised on food stamps where we didn't always have the choice. It was what did food stamps cover? And that's what you get. And then as I grew up, I got a job so I could buy, you know, Boca burgers, which I wouldn't go near in a million years today, knowing what I know about like processed foods. But back then it like, it was like a big thing that I could buy my own veggie burgers. And then fast forward to this place in Bali, it all comes full circle to realize like, you know, whether you're like on food stamps or whether you're, uh, you know, having your own job, you can buy your own food or whether you're in a village in Bali being served, uh, your favorite animal. (laughs) Um, what a privilege it is to have food to put into your mouth, to put into your belly <laughs> and to feed you. And so I was very, very humbled, not only by, you know, how the extremes that these guys went to just provide these random strangers like a home cooked meal. Um, and then just like, I don't know, the abundance, I suppose, in our lives that, you know, whether how good, you, great you feel like you're doing in life and you're just looking forward to the next step or climbing that ladder, like, just stopping to to really be with where you are in the moment and really soak up like how far you've come and um you know all the gratitude and uh or you know being grateful for all the blessings in your life and and the privileges for sure it's a very very much a privilege to be able to be so picky i guess about what i eat um and so that's pretty cool so that was a super humbling story and i'm forever grateful for that moment because even now if something is is set in front of me um i do my best to not (laughs) make a fuss over it um there's something else in that story that i kind of forget now oh, anyway so we it's a it's you do not give them money 
uh, as a guest, you show up with like, you know, whether it's their snacks or what we did was we brought playing cards and we taught them how to play card games and like little snacks. And that was like such a gift to them, too. So I think it was um, it was a moment for both of us. I'll never forget. That's for sure. Wow. That sounds pretty awesome. (laughs) Question number four. What's an awe-inspiring moment? An awe-inspiring moment. Do you mean like a moment that it's really, I've been very taken aback by something? I would say the thing that hits uh, most, like the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question, there's probably so many moments in my life that I could probably write down, like I could write a whole book about awe-inspiring moments in my life. Um, Might be a great book. But it would be, huh? But one is probably most recent and it was... um, not gonna get choked up <laughs> i don't know about this this is just gonna be people all sappy um okay so uh when my mom was in the hospital earlier this year we thought we might lose her uh not just once but twice within a month um she was in the hospital for i don't know 14 days at least and uh she was in she was so very close to not making it um she was in a coma and she was um, medically I guess paralyzed is what they call it where so that she was uh, so dependent on life support that they literally had to make sure that like the machines could work for her so her body could rest to fight this illness that she had um, been caught this this virus or whatever it was Um, anyways so she was extremely extremely ill and I, s- I was with her for many days and I couldn't sleep anywhere but like at the hospital with her and the most awe-inspiring moments happened there because it didn't I had hope deep in my heart that she would pull through and I knew that she had the strength like she she would find her way there um back to being alive and well which she is which is so so great so that is awe-inspiring in and of, its, in and of itself but in going and being there with her, I would say that every day, like I have never witnessed, like I feel like I experience miracles all the time, but I think that was like the biggest miracles. Like there is miracles we see, like we saw a rainbow today that feels like a miracle, but I think that something that like really pulls at your heartstrings is someone like that you love so much and to see like the miracle of life like really like unfold before your eyes in such a beautiful way where you know the to see her breathe just a little bit better each day on a ventilator um a breathing machine was a miracle and then slowly and so like each day like something new would happen where it was like you know it was this constant like walking a very like like a tightrope and every day there was like a new, a baby miracle, but it was a huge miracle. Like in the end, it was all like a major, major thing, but like there were just little baby steps. We had to make it to the other side and um, it was so beautiful. So I think the most awe-inspiring moment was probably being with my mom through that and like to show up at the hospital and her be, you know, to finally have the ventilator removed was like, such an awe-inspiring moment to realize like when you're standing next to someone who's fighting to breathe and fighting with a fight a breathing machine to breathe like it like it was really the cards were stacked against her and thank god uh she like pulled through on that one so i think that seeing her like 
I, I've never felt something as, uh, I don't know what the word is, but like visceral as that to like realize like, wow, that breath in my lungs, it happens like without me even having to think about it or like my heart beating on its own, like in a great, in a healthy pattern. Like I don't even have to think about it. Like those were the most awe-inspiring moments I've by far ever experienced in my life. And so um, finally getting her off the ventilator and then being there at the moment she was like, you know, out of the the most intense ICU unit, you know, and, and downgraded or upgraded, I guess, I don't know what, t- whatever, moved to a, um, she graduated out of ICU into a, a unit where it's like, okay, there's real light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to get out of here, mom. Um, and now she's alive and well and rocking it. We just went to the zoo with her, which was amazing. And she's like, you know, made around the whole zoo. So yeah, that was the most awe-inspiring moment by far. Love it. Here's question number five. What's your greatest fear? Oh, uh, my greatest fear is I have, um, I've always dreamed that, well, I've always dreamed that I would uh, buy my parents a house. So one of my fears is that I don't do that before they pass. Uh, but I realize that like even aside, if even if that doesn't happen, like there's still so many great experiences that I try to provide for them. So I know that if that house never happened, they wouldn't be like <laughs> so upset with me. So it's kind of a silly fear, but it is like a big, big goal of mine. And that goal would mean a lot to me and not achieving that goal would really suck. So that is a fear of family missing that goal. Um, aside from that, I think that, you know, anyone really close to me passing away before me is <laughs> a ter- it's a huge fear but you know um it's like we're all gonna die at some point so it's kind of silly to be fearful of that i just don't want anyone to go before me <laughs> hey you came in this world first as the first child you gotta go out first i'm guessing we're gonna live a very long time so hopefully yeah. everyone's gonna last with you i just what's that there's like a winnie the pooh quote and he says i hope or maybe this is made up because I don't feel like Winnie the Pooh to actually say this, but it was something like, I hope I die a day before you so I never have to live a day without you. Aww. So that's how I feel about you and about the ones I love. But that means they better live to like 150 because I got a lot of years in me. <laughs> that's right. And speaking of all those years, what are you most excited about for your future? Oh, man. I am the one thing I'm most excited. I'm excited to love you forever. I say that every day and I mean it. I'm. (laughs) I. Aside from. You want me to wait? Aside from loving you and building a really beautiful love legacy with you like we do every day full of adventures and love and family and service. One thing I'm really, really excited for in addition to that is like I granted this wish with Make-A-Wish and I met this kid, like this beautiful kid in their family and the family had told me, like I asked them, you know, what do you do? And they're like, oh, we're actually a mom and dad for, um, I don't know if you've heard, ever heard of like the Milton Hershey campus in I believe Pennsylvania I'll have to get those facts right but it's I believe it's the Milton Hershey campus in Pennsylvania and it's a place where it's this like state of the art it's not just like just any old place like it is a, a really cool 
place with state-of-the-art facilities and resources and so forth like this beautiful campus where kids um without uh i guess a stable family you'd say go and live and they were parents there they volunteered they had their own kids and they volunteered to be parents there and the funniest part was they had girls and so they thought well if we go there my her husband always wanted boys <laughs> wanted a boy at least it will be put with like guys there well they weren't they were put with a house full of girls so they <laughs> just have they're the mom and dad to a house full of girls some of which their own and some of which are staying on this campus and I, they told as they told me more and more about it. They told me that the Milton or the Hershey family, Milton and his wife. I'm forgetting her name. I apologize. Um, they had built this campus, and how it was funded, how it was so so great, was because they had built a trust. Um, they left behind much of their fortune that they built. These are the guys that created Hershey chocolate. If you haven't put that together yet, um, took me a second. <laughs> they created they left behind much of their fortune and put it into this trust and the trust funds this campus solely based off the interest of the trust so never will the principal be trusted it's only funded by the interest of this trust that means it is forever funded and they have left such a beautiful legacy which has you know it's such a great fortune generates such a great you know interest that pays into this thing and keeps it like a really nice place with really great resources and I was so blown away by like not only what they had built but then like just the the idea or the strategy behind that it left it was left it will live on long 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 after they're gone so the one thing like I really am excited for to do with you and our family is to create a trust that funds something that we really believe in and just based off the interests of that trust that legacy lives on forever i think that'd be really cool so i don't know what it would fund yet we'll decide that one day the beautiful part is you don't have to be milton hershey to make it happen or his wife um you can do it with anything right that's right you can be amanda robbins i want to do it with you (laughs) (laughs) so now we're getting into the second segment of our show which we call nuts and bolts and this, I'd like to start off by asking, well, first off, thank you for sharing all this with us. Um, I always welcome. love hearing these stories from you, thought. and I always love hearing you sharing things that are so important to your heart and, and how meaningful they are. And, and it's wonderful and beautiful to see you share your gifts and how talented you are and how much heart and soul you put into everything you do. Thanks. So the nuts and bolts section, um, we're going to start off. There's three questions here. The first is, what do you focus the majority of your life on each day? <laughs> what do I what do I focus the majority of my life on each day? Mm-hmm. What do I focus the majority of my life on each day? What do you mean? Where do you invest the majority of your time? Well, in theory or actual? Actually. Well, I sleep about 8 hours. <laughs> I love you for 24 of them. Um, I do a lot of business building. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's not the most sexy part. I think where I spend the majority of my time in my head is probably in my head, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, I should do more things to get in my body. Um, where I spend most of my time is... Uh, I... Oh, I did, this is a really tough question. It is. Because what I say... 
but what I actually want it to be isn't ex- they're not totally in line right now. So we're in very much of a growth phase in our business, which means a lot of our time and energy is spent in the businesses. And so, which is really cool and exciting because we're excited about what we're doing. Um, and and p- pause there for a second. So we have a fun thing that we've noticed, which is every time I come out of my office, I always have a joke that my wife has started a new business. <laughs> and I'm always impressed. It's whenever I say, oh, I just thought of something. Yep, there comes the business. <laughs> it's coming coming strong right there. Yeah. Now, what I'm most impressed by You think I should create a business selling my business ideas? <laughs> no. <laughs> just kidding. No, 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 not needed. What she's talented at is finding partners and finding people to pair up with and take the concept and idea and turn it into an actual business. I, I think for the first probably five or six years of my business, I really just had a coaching practice where I was more or less practicing the art of coaching with clients. I was delivering a service myself. And and that, that's a great start, but at some point I wanted to have an actual business, which means I had to take myself out of the day-to-day actual pieces of the getting the work done, and then I had to figure out how to leverage that to get other people to participate in the process so that I could help manage and coach and lead and they could help do and deliver and serve and customer service and sales and all that other jazz. What my wife's really talented at, just to brag about her for a half second here, is she's incredibly talented at finding an amazing idea, finding something that's very useful and needed in the world, pairing up with a partner, creating systems and processes around it, and then slowly stepping back out of those systems and allowing them to continue to go on their own, which is really remarkable. And and she's done some incredible things. I mean, she built a, a, a business with a girlfriend of hers, and I think they did somewhere along the line of $30,000 in their fifth or sixth month online. Oh. Or is that their third or fourth month? I mean, we did that in one month. Exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. In, in one month, you were able oh, to produce yeah. that amount of revenue yeah, yeah. with a pretty hefty margin and an online business. And you're able to now leverage this. On top of that, you had another one you started with Matt. So there was another online business doing something similar but different. And that one's growing pretty well. Yep. Plus, you do all the marketing and the, and the management of our team and our business for yes. our core coaching business and training business. Plus, uh, you did all the blogging and management of the, the marketing for our Help Me Find Love blog and that piece. Plus, and the list goes on and on and on. And so one thing, you know, Seemingly, at this point, since we're building our businesses, the majority of, of her time is spent building businesses all day. And so I would ask, what is a key to your success? Because there's some people, and, and not so much what's the marketing strategy to sell what you're selling or how to build this specific type of business, but, but more or less, um, you know, I would, from the outside, from the inside, I, I, I think of us as wildly successful. From the outside, looking in at what you've been able to do, you're consistently successful at just about everything you take on. It doesn't mean there's no road bumps or headaches. Um, there's plenty of them that show up, but, but you're consistently successful at what you do. And I'd love to know in your perception, what do you think one of your keys to success is? Okay, so uh, going back to where I spend most of my time, real quick, business is definitely one area, but I would also say um, like love, loving, loving on people, loving on you. And I think that also is part of why I have been so successful in business is because I genuinely love people and I love to love on people and I love to make them shine and show them what's possible and like, let's do this together. And like, we really, and 
you know, we make things happen and that's really fun. And I think believing in people and like loving on them. So with any of my partners or even with, you know, us personally or professionally in business, we really prioritize like love and relationship and family. And I think that that's one thing that definitely helps because, you know, if I can't have a heart to heart or a conversation with, you know, you or, you know, my business partners about what's up, you know, business is definitely important, but not at the risk or sacrifice of, in my world and to according to my values, um, not at the, the sacrifice of love, health, relationship. Like it's not worth it. Who cares if you're rich and divorced and on your deathbed? Like what to me personally, that is the farthest thing from my vision. So that is, that is not even in, that would be the opposite of my vision. <laughs> um, I would like to be abundant in love and life and laughter and memories and adventures and experiences and share them with the world and so I do things that like when the and and also growing up again without like you know with really hard-working parents doing you know my dad doing manual labor his whole life and realizing like wait it doesn't have to be that hard like I grew up with the mentality of like work harder work hard like what is it it's like instead of working smarter it was work harder and so I've really like one thing that's made me help me become really successful is it's not always about how hard you work I think the work ethic is very helpful and that's helped me a ton but it's also about finding really great partners that you can trust that you can strategize with and that make shit happen basically like we just like we don't just sit around and talk about it like we put it to work um and I think that that's what really helps and then again at the end of the day there's this deep trust and and care and consideration uh for one another that when i say hey guys like we just had a conversation it there's still some systems we're setting up you know with a couple of these these businesses and they're not there yet like if we need to pause or slow down like that's okay like if we are burning from both ends and we are health or relationships are like taking a hit like it's not worth it and I know there are plenty of success stories out there where people have been like you know I don't know how many exes they have or how many like company like things like how much how many times they ran out of money like I've like it's it's just like not or their health has been you know there's people have wrote books or it's like oh I only know this because my health took a hit like I don't need to learn that lesson myself I've learned it from I've seen other people like go through it and that sucks but like I I personally am just like I look at these people like you would say as a warning or example and a lot of these beautiful examples of like how to be successful also come with like really great warnings and like if you pay attention to those and just apply them to your own business then you'll do great and I think just like proceed with love (laughs) and have fun doing it if you're not having fun doing it, even when it gets tough and you can't like take a second and like laugh about it a little bit, uh, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Interesting. So with that, there's there's one final question, which is what's one actionable tip that would help other people achieve, achieve the experience that this kind of success in their life as well? One, so action, one actionable tip. Yeah, like what's one thing they could do based on trying to achieve that kind of success so finding the right mm, partners i think I got really it. teaming up and doing it with love doing it people-centered and people-focused what, what's an actionable tip someone could take from this and go do in their life that would immediately help them in their life or business i would say w- one actionable tip would be to have oh my can i roll a cu- i mean <laughs> i want to put like a couple together i think that um i i really 
having a practice or uh, really having a practice of like gosh I'm like having trouble putting it into one tip one tip would be well give us three well I think that the thing that has helped me there's a lot of things I just mentioned but I think that one thing would be I really have I mean I, I basic and probably cliche would be like be fearless like just go after it right but I think that one thing really that's helped me is like a deep level of like I think I'm very self-aware of my strengths and weaknesses and I think that's really helped and with that and I'm 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 knowledgeable of that because I've always been pretty in tune with myself and where I'm at where I'm going and then like found the tools to help me get to where I want to go so I think knowing like that just like a deep like a practice of being just self-aware of where you're at where you want to go what's standing your way and then finding the tools to help you bridge that gap and then if you can really make it a practice to like make make that your practice of like moving forward in that direction does that make sense I I think something that's interesting when you talk about self-awareness is you have a passion for hunting down feedback feedback and becoming better that's what i'm trying to say i can't think of the word that's like be obsessed with like being your best self and like uh, and like i know i can do better but you know also being grateful for what you right there you you have a compulsion and an obsession (laughs) with hunting for how could i have done that better give me feedback i want to know yeah and it's not just like some people ask that question and they do it in a way where it's like, oh, what could I have done better? And they're really searching or fishing for a compliment of, oh, no, oh, no, I want, great. like, if you don't tell me you know, you how it could be better, I'm like. steps <laughs> of what could be improved. Yeah. And so you hunt for that and you ask for it and you're persistent. And if someone says, oh, no, it was great, you're like, come on, really? Yeah. Give me at least one thing I could have done better. Yeah. And you're constantly searching for that. Yeah. So and, it's and internal it's and helps, external. Correct. And right. it's something that helps you be very self aware of what's going on only because you're hunting for what was good and what could be better. And, and you're always trying to define that and redefine that. And I think you do it in your own head all the time. And you're looking for, how could I have done that better? How could I have said that better? How could have I shown up a little bit better than, than that was? And not in a negative way with the connotation of it wasn't good enough. In a positive way of, I would like it to be better. And if it can just be better oh, each time than the time before, yeah. that'd be amazing. Yeah. Just making it better for everyone. I think that's a beautiful gift to give to the world. If you just showed up as yourself or in business like half ass like that's not very fun like show up be your be your best self yeah so you nailed it robbins you nailed it you nailed it robbins so thank you so much for joining us thank you i hope this is a happy one i feel like it was a downer one hey it's okay (laughs) the beauty of this journey the beauty of these adventures and these stories is to take people on on you know a, a tale of magic moments, a tale of a, a journey that has ups and downs and lefts and rights and, and to bring more humanness back to humanity. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, look forward to having you join us again for next episode. And until then, hope you have a blessed and miraculous day.